We're going to read this in, in just a moment, but uh, I want us to think of this, to approach this uh, knowing at least some of the things that the people in Jesus' day would have known and how they would have uh, heard this particular passage. Uh, we see elsewhere in the Gospels, over in Matthew, it talks about Jesus uh, doing ministry throughout the, the cities and villages and teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. And then it says this, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, let, let's think about it. He's about to give, uh, uh, some would call it an allegory, some would call it an extended illustration, but, but in any case, it's, uh, it's something that that they would have uh, uh, fully understood, and that is about uh, sheep and how they took care of, of sheep. Now, um, in one of the previous churches, when I was in Pennsylvania, uh, I was in uh, a county that had way more sheep than, than people in it, and I learned some things about sheep and mining. It was, it was those two things, uh, but... I also quickly realized that uh, what sheep farmers do in this country is way different than what, what Jesus was talking about. Although, <clears throat> I will say, sheep are still sheep. And so, if you know anything about the, the animal itself, but, <clears throat> but let me uh, explain more about how they tended ordinarily to uh, take care of uh, their sheep in, in Jesus' day. In Israel, uh, there was usually in a community, there would be one large central pen. And the, the shepherds would uh, graze their sheep during the day. And then they would, uh, in, the, in the evening, at night, they would bring them in and they would put them in this pen. And... Uh, uh, either they would pay somebody to be the, uh, the gatekeeper, or sometimes they would take turns and, uh, in, in some places, and one would sleep as the gatekeeper one night and, and one the next. And so uh, the sheep were in there, they would be in this pen, they would be safe inside uh, that pen. And then, in the morning, the shepherds would come, and the gatekeeper, knowing the shepherds, would let them in. And, of course, all the sheep, uh, you know, they, they, they weren't like little cliques or anything where they all kind of slept in different areas. Uh, but instead, they were all mixed up. And so the, the shepherd would come and he would call his sheep. And a good shepherd would know exactly who his sheep were and not only know who his sheep were, he would often have names for his sheep. But when he, when he called them, 
then they would recognize his voice. And they would come and they would follow him. And he would take care of them then during that day. So that's, that's basically the, the picture we have. And I want to read this passage to you. And we're going to look at several things uh, uh, about this passage. But as in every time we go to the Scripture, we should be asking ourselves, what is this teaching me about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? And what's this teaching me about me and about us? And so as we read in chapter 10, here's what Jesus said. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man's a thief or robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all of his own he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they'll flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. This figure of speech Jesus, Jesus used with, with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who uh, does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also, and, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who's oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's bow together.
Lord, how beautiful this passage is. It's beautiful when, when we are your sheep. How awesome and even awful this passage is for, for those who have not heard and responded to your voice. Today, Lord, will you let us hear your voice and enable us to respond? We ask for this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So just by way of preview, we're, we're going to look at uh, the, the counterfeit shepherds, the shepherd and the sheep, and finally the door. And then we're going to enjoy a glorious supper that the good shepherd prepared for us. So let's, let's look at what I'm calling the, the counterfeit uh, shepherds, and we're going to pick verses from this passage where he really talks about uh, those who who might look like a shepherd, but they really aren't. He says in verse 1, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man's a thief and a robber. So that's, that's where it, it starts. This comment came right on the heels. If you will remember last week, if you were here last week, we were in uh, chapter 9 and we saw... Uh, the man who was healed of his blindness. And so then after that, there was a big dispute with the ones who were supposed to be the shepherds of God's people. And that dispute took place. After this amazing miracle, a man born blind who for the first time sees and then he gets kicked out of the synagogue for it. Imagine. What? How can that take place? And so that's, that's the context here. Uh, and he's talking to, to those right in front of him who were supposed to be shepherds of the flock. And he's basically saying, you clergy... You're thieves and robbers. Now, what, what does he mean by climbing in the uh, sheepfold in another way? <coughs> Basically, any other way you try to get in to the sheepfold. Now, what's the sheepfold? Well, it's the safe place. Uh, spiritually speaking, we would say that's the kingdom. That's, that's heaven. And so what, what he's saying is if you try to, uh, to get in some other way, go back to our picture of a, a sheepfold with a, a large fence, and uh, you know the gate is up here, and somebody's way back there. I'm not pointing at you people back there. I'm s- anyway, they're way back there, and they're trying to climb over or sneak under. Now, what's that talking about? 
Well, in terms of salvation, it's basically trying to get in any other way but Jesus. You know, for, for the religious people, it might have been, well, I, I keep the law, or I'm related to Abraham, or, or I'm, I'm religious, I, I do this or that. Anytime it's I do, that's sneaking in, trying to sneak in another way. And he says, no, that, that doesn't happen. There isn't another way, as we're going to see in a few minutes. Verse 5, then he says, a stranger will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they, uh, they will not follow, rather, but they'll flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Again, here's the, the counterfeit uh, shepherd. He might look like, he might dress like it, but, but when, do they, when do they know he's not our guy? When they hear the voice. It's not our guy. He's not our shepherd. Verse 8, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Now, now some have surmised that when he said all who came before me, he's talking about uh, John the baptizer or uh, the prophets of the Old Testament or any, any of those. I, I'm convinced he's talking about the ones that are right in front of him, the ones that had mistreated this man who had been healed of his blindness. <coughs> so then we see in the first part of verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. So he's beginning to expound. So what does this counterfeit do? Well, as opposed to the, a, a good shepherd, this counterfeit, everything he does is negative. Everything he does is destructive. And then verse 12. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and sees the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and, and scatters them. He, he flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So remember who he's talking to here. And the, these clergy of the day, rather than protecting their sheep, they're protecting themselves, basically. They're, they're protecting their position. If they were really first and foremost concerned for the sheep, they would be trying to discern if Jesus was really the Messiah instead of immediately being against Jesus. So that's the, the counterfeit shepherd. Now, as I understand it, when uh, they are teaching uh, agents or experts to uh, see the difference between counterfeit money and real money, the, the way they do that is the first step is they study real money. They don't start by looking at counterfeits and, and uh, seeing the, the flaws there. They start with the, the, the real money, and then they're able to discern the counterfeit more readily. 
So let's do this. We actually started with the counterfeit, but let's go back and look at the real shepherd, the true shepherd. And I've got to tell you, it's a, be- it's a beautiful picture to behold as we see the shepherd and the sheep. Verse 2, he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, in a moment, uh, Jesus is going to say that he's the door, but for now, he's still carrying out that illustration of uh, the sheepfold. Verse 3, to him the gatekeeper opens. Who's the gatekeeper? Well, most commentators are going to tell you, and I, I think this is accurate, it makes sense to me, that the gatekeeper is actually the father who then uh, the father opens the gates of heaven to Christ to escort his people in. And so that's the, the picture that we have here is that uh, he's at the gate, he opens the door, and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the good the real shepherd brings his people into safety, basically. Verse 3, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Remember the picture, all the sheep are, are mixed up. Shepherd comes, speaks, they hear his voice, they perk up, and... They follow him. Verse 4. When he's brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So throughout the New Testament, here's what, what God's people are called. There's a number of names for the church. But one of the names for the church uh, in, in the Greek is ekklesia. I'm not telling you that to impress you with Greek, but rather, ek means out, and klesia, that, that's from the root to call. So here's what people in the church are. They are the called out ones. So that's, that's the picture that we have here. The ones who were all mixed up with all the others, and then they are called out. And often the, uh, the historians say that the shepherds would have pet names for each sheep, and they would recognize his voice and their name, which made me think, what would his pet name for me have been? And uh, you don't have to give me suggestions at the door today, okay? You just think of your own pet name, all right? Verse 4, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Let's do some theology here um, very quickly. This is what we would call effectual calling or effective calling. For those of you that are trusting in Christ alone for your eternal life, there was a time when you 
uh, heard a, a message, a sermon, or somebody was talking to you uh, about Christ, and you heard your name, and you responded because somehow you recognized from the one who really was calling you, and it wasn't the one who was speaking at that time. It wasn't the, the pastor or the, the preacher or the one who was sharing Christ with you. And, and here's, the, here's the interesting part of that. That's why we call it effectual calling or effective is because when, when God calls us, He gives us a new heart and He enables us to respond. He gives us ears to hear. But, but you might have been in a room with a lot of other people you might have been sitting right next to someone who also needed Christ who didn't hear their name called that day, who didn't recognize. And while it was making so much sense to you, that's what I mean by hearing your name, you maybe didn't literally hear your name, but it was all of a sudden like, yes, that's who I want. I want to follow that shepherd his name's Jesus. And, and you followed, and it was because, not because you were such a good little lamb, but it was because he's such a good shepherd. And he called you by your pet name. And you said, yes. Now here's the a follow-up question to that. If you're in Christ, if you're trusting in Him alone for eternal life, you at one time heard His voice and you followed, are you still hearing His voice? Or have other voices drowned His out in your life? We need to examine, ask ourselves if that's the case. The second part of verse 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Verse 11, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Our daughter, uh, one of our daughters, uh, Abby, who lives up in the Chattanooga area, she and her husband just moved to uh, a farm, and we were, we were just up there to see their new place. They're, they're not farmers. Uh, they're, they're living on a farm that uh, has the owner's house and then their little house, too. Uh, but we were at their house, and uh, right behind them is a, a pasture, and it's fenced, and it goes all the way to the barn where the sheep live. And uh, um, I, I went all the way to Chattanooga to get this illustration. No, I... <laughs> but I did thank the Lord when I saw the little sheep coming out. <laughs> and uh, in the evening, uh, they all came up, and they ate supper. I guess it was supper. I don't know what it is to them, but it was supper time. But here, here was the, the cool thing about it. Right near them 
was a, another animal that was not eating. It was the sheepdog. And it, it was, for you dog lovers, I wasn't familiar with this, a great Pyrenees. This is a magnificent animal. It was huge, has a lot of hair. It looked like a lion standing there watching over the sheep. And I have no doubt. It was, it was standing guard. It was standing at attention. I have no doubt that if a coyote or a fox or anyone or anything that meant ill toward his sheep got anywhere near, it would have been the end of the attacker. I was kind of pulling for that to happen while I was watching, but... <laughs> Contrast that with the counterfeit shepherd, the bad shepherd, that sees danger and cuts and runs. And the good shepherd, what does Jesus say? He, as the good shepherd did, he laid down his life. And he did it willingly. Verse 18, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my Father. Do you remember Jesus' encounter with Pilate. Jesus stood in front of him silently. Pilate pompously threatens him. He says this to Jesus, Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? And Jesus basically answered, oh, you poor little guy. You really think you do have that authority, don't you? He said, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Don't ever make the mistake that things got out of hand and Jesus lost his life in the middle of it. Jesus gave his life out of love and grace and mercy. That's what the good shepherd does. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And again, he makes it clear. He's not laying his life down for every, every sheep. He's, it's for his sheep, my sheep, the ones I'm calling by their name. Verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. So here Jesus is alluding to the enfolding of the Gentiles that are going to be coming in uh, as the New Testament church begins. It was, it was basically the people of Israel were his followers, and then he said, there's other sheep, and they're going to be coming in as, as well. And I laid down my life for them as well. Now, in the middle of this illustration, 
Jesus proclaims himself to be the door. Verse 7, so Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is saying, I'm the entrance into eternal safety. No one, and we'll see this next week in the, in the latter part of this chapter, no one can touch you when you're in my sheepfold. Don't worry, my sheep. Now here's the thing, there, there, are, always, there are always those around that want to say, oh, there's a bunch of doors there's a bunch of ways into this eternal safety. We just call the doors by different names. You know, that kind of a view. You may probably have friends that feel that way. Oh, you go through your Jesus, I will go through my blank, whatever it is. Remember what Jesus already said? Try to go in a different door and you're not going in the door at all. There is no other door. Jesus said it in John 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The, the whole New Testament proclaims there is only one way, Acts 4.12. There is salvation in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Why do so many keep trying to sneak in other doors? Maybe some of you. Maybe there's an easier door. I'll tell you, there is no easier door. Because this one was broken down by none other than the one who is the door, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, how do the people react to all this? Verse 6, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they didn't understand what he was saying to them. Verse 19, there was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? They keep going back to that. This guy's a lunatic. And you know what? If, if, if he isn't really God, if he didn't really provide for salvation, then he is a lunatic. But he did. So they accuse him of that, and then others say, these are not the words of one who's oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? See, they're remembering what just happened. I saw him open the man born blind, his eyes. I saw his compassion. And those are the age-old reactions. But back then and today, Jesus doesn't leave room to sit on the fence. You know what I mean? 
to try to have one foot in each world? (laughs) I'm thinking about the the farm where Abby and Bryce are living. You know what's at the top of their fences? Barbed wire. (laughs) People don't try to sit on the top of those fences. Jesus says you can't sit on the fence. It's true or it's not true. This should be divisive. And so remember what Jesus said. He saw the crowds. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And when I hear that, I think of our day, our country. Is there a better description of those without Christ? Harassed. Hopeless. Like a sheep without a shepherd. Helpless. And so if you find yourself feeling harassed, Jesus has compassion. And he says, I will be your shepherd. If you're feeling yourself feeling helpless, Jesus sees you and has compassion upon you and says, I'll be your shepherd. And if you just can't find your way, Jesus has compassion and says, I'm the door. Enter through me. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Let's pray together. Lord, will you, even in these moments, Call us by name. Enable us to recognize you as our shepherd, not just the shepherd, but our shepherd, and then follow. We pray this in the name of the one who is the door, who is the good shepherd, none other than the Lord Jesus. Amen.